Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and we have a great episode for you today. We're going to talk about the biggest winners and losers of the offseason. So that includes all the trades, the draft, all free agency signings. Lonzo Ball, of course, huge winner after going 2 of 15 from Summer League last night. We're going to have a lot of Lonzo Ball hot takes as well. Just kidding. Before we get underway, uh, just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. While free agency is winding down, Summer League in Las Vegas just started yesterday. The aforementioned Lonzo Ball had a debut to forget, but we will have a lot of good Summer League coverage coming up. And then just plenty Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A good offseason. We're going to start evaluating teams and seeing how they shake out. So check out FanRag Sports on Twitter. Joining me today, as always, are both of my trusty co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? It's going well, Brian. I can't wait for the day that you're going to open up a podcast saying we have a horrible show for you today. <laughs> well, how are we going to have a bad show if we're going to make fun of Lonzo Ball? Come on. That's true. That's true. Uh, Sarah, it's good to have you back. Good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about Rudy Gay with you in a little bit. All right. Um, so basically what we're going to do today is go through the winners, the losers, and then the teams that are somewhat in the middle of all of the offseason activities. So again, trades, free agency, draft, everything's being taken into account. So I figure we just do it roundtable style. I'll start, and then you guys could just move on, and we'll, we'll go through them all and just hit as many as we can uh, in the next hour or so. So obvious winner, Golden State Warriors. They retained Stephen Curry, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, David West, Zaza Pachuli yesterday, got Kevin Durant at, I mean, $6 million less than we thought he was going to sign for, and they stole Jordan Bell from the cheap-ass Bulls. They also signed Omri Caspi and Swaggy P in place of Matt Barnes and Ian Clark. I'm still going to call them a winner, even though they say they're not going to call Swaggy P Swaggy P. 
Like, they want to use his real name, Nick Young. That, yeah. that shit's not going to fly. He's Swaggy P. Just deal with it, Warriors. But aside from that, the the team that just went 16-1 and in the postseason got significantly better this offseason, which doesn't seem quite fair. But clear winner on my end. Mort, I'm guessing you don't have any beef with that, so you want to just move on to your next winner? No, because I was just I had a question. Ian Clark, are we absolutely certain he's not going to return? Uh, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I there was a. Quote, I mean, it's already a plus, right? <laughs> right. It could be a plus 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 if he comes back. He was good. Yeah, I'm not sure who was it. Okay, Anthony Slater yesterday of the San Jose Mercury News Bay Area News Group. Um, he had he tweeted a quote from. Bob Myers about Kevin Durant taking that big discount um, and he said quote like any business we have our own financial constraints spending isn't limitless so I'm wondering yeah. if like yeah like, they could bring Ian Clark back but it sounds like they are pushing against you know they're already well into the tax so bringing him back will cost not just like his salary but you know two three times as much so for that reason I would guess he's not coming back but it's a good question. It also raises questions about Clay Thompson's future with the Warriors in a couple of years. But we could, we'll go into that at a later date. So, Mort, next winner? Next winner? Sacramento. I know. Which is so weird. It is weird. Because it's Vivek, it's Vlade, it's the Kings, it's all that noise that's been there for the last few years. And then they go out and actually make a whole bunch of positive things they drafted well they signed well we spoke about this uh, on the podcast uh in the last episode brian you know the george hill signing mm-hmm. was brilliant mm-hmm. i mean people who crab on it i have no idea why it makes no sense good value is good value we, we covered that so the kings are, are looking like winners in an off season which has to be a first in what seven seven eight years is it yeah is it only that many <laughs> I feel like it might even be longer. Could could be longer. Yeah. Yeah, even Zach Lowe had a winners and losers column yesterday. And he, he wrote, he had the Kings as a winner, but he wrote, like, the Kings, wait, checks paper to make sure I'm right. Oh, no, it was the Kings. They're actually good. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, not only, well, you mentioned George Hill, but Zach Randolph, you know, whatever, that's a fine price for him, and you're not going to use that Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter, and now Bogdan Bogdanovich at three years, $27 million. That's... Good values all around. So, you know, I, because the West is so good, I think Sacramento is still likely to be very bad. They're likely to still get a top 10 pick, so you add to that core. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm also a big fan of what Sacramento did this offseason. I'm curious about, about the Bogdanovich contract because I've seen three years 27 and I've seen three years 36. I think 336 is what leaked at first, but last I saw it was 327. Oh, but because I loved it at three thirty six, mm-hmm. at three twenty seven, it's a freaking steal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's three twenty seven. I I will double check while Sarah gives us our <laughs> her next winner, just to make sure. Um, uh. Yeah, Sarah, hit us with a a winner, and <laughs> I, is it too early to go into the Spurs right now? Yeah, yeah, it's too early. <laughs> <laughs> um. The Rockets, as as yeah. their neighbors here in Texas, uh, a little upset with uh, how much better they got. Well, I mean, we'll see, but they should be better. Uh, Chris Paul, obviously, I I was a little, you know, thinking the Pat Beverly thing. They might 
might miss a guy who could physically assault Steph Curry, but <laughs> then they picked up P.J. Tucker, too. And Chris mm-hmm. Paul, uh, we all know he's a heck of a defender in his own right. Um, so, not not psyched about that. <laughs> but, uh, and a lot of people are bringing up, you know, how's the fit going to be with Chris Paul and James Harden? They're both kind of ball-dominant guys. But it's, it's not that they can't play together, but it will be an adjustment. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if it will be a painful adjustment or, you know, how it'll go. It won't be like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors that we thought would be pretty seamless, and it was. And even that, you know, at the end of, end of games got a little dicey mm-hmm. if if the games were ever close, which they rarely were. Um, so the Rockets might have that problem a little more often. But, but yeah, it's disturbing, the moves that they made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're forgetting, I mean, as you said, Beverly's, you know, a great defender, so they will miss him. And Lou Williams played well off the bench. Sam Decker and Montrezl Harrell, I know more tie on the ladder. Decker played really well off the bench for them. He was a big, he got hurt late in the year, and that was a big loss mm-hmm. for them. So they did lose a lot of depth. But as you mentioned, Tucker's great. They got Nene back at three years, 11 million. Uh, I forget who reported this, but they still have like 10 million in non guaranteed contracts that they're trying to flip. So um, they, they might not be done, <laughs> which is kind of unfair. Uh, but yeah, to your, your ball dominant point, it kind of makes me think. I agree it's not going to be like a KD to the Warriors thing. It makes me think more of like the LeBron James, D. Wade thing uh, in Miami at first. And it did take them yeah. basically a year and a half mm-hmm. to figure out how to play off one another. You know, But with range. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. That does help. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, both Harden and Paul were the full-time ball handlers, whereas Bron and Wade, like, played on ball a lot, but they still played next to point guards. So I think it might be, you know, yes, they could shoot more or they could shoot from three better, but they're also, it's going to be like an even bigger adjustment for them than it was for Brown and Wade, possibly. But, you know, these guys play together with Team USA all the time, so maybe not. Maybe they slide in seamlessly together and maybe Harden like didn't want to play point guard anymore. Who knows? Uh, or maybe Chris Paul is 32 and you kind of go, oh, okay, he's had his time in the spotlight like mm-hmm. as the primary guy. And he goes to James Harden on the first day that he reports and he goes, kiddo, you, you're, you've you got the juice now. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the juice. I hope he says it in that exact phrasing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right. I'm going to take Brooklyn as my next winner. Uh Stealing D'Angelo Russell for Lake from the Lakers was amazing. You know, yes, they took on Mozgov's contract, but like, look, Brooklyn had a lot of cap space already, and no one signing with Brooklyn, no like impact, unrestricted free agent is signing with Brooklyn. So if you're a bad team with no draft picks, this is what you do: you take on bad contracts, you get star prospects or star caliber prospects and high draft picks in return. Love that pickup. Jared Allen, after they traded Brooke Lopez, I'm cool with that at 22. That's a good flyer. The Otto Porter Jr. contract, I hadn't seen... Like, I wrote something at B-Ball Breakdown the other day about Sean Marks just being, like, the god of restricted free agency. Because, <laughs> you know, he... Like, no matter what happens, he wins, right? Like, he either gets a good player, uh, a good young player, and again, they don't have their pick. This upcoming year, they just lost their pick Last year, which turned into Markel Fultz, they didn't have their pick in 2016. Like, they haven't had picks for a while. So, you get a guy, like, this is your only chance to get a lottery pick, basically. 
So <laughs> you either get a guy like an Otto Porter Jr. or an Alan Crabb or Tyler Johnson, or you screw the other team over because you <laughs> loaded up with like crazy incentives, and now their cap is, you know, <laughs> effed basically for the next like in the last twelve months. Portland is now screwed because they matched the Alan Crabb contract along with all the other bad ones they handed out. Miami now, Tyler Johnson's salary goes up from like five or like six million this year to nineteen next year. And now Otto, same kind of thing. It's like a four year deal, fourth year player option, fifteen percent trade kicker, and he's owed fifty percent of his his annual salary on October first. It's amazing. So kudos, John Marks. Again, you stay winning. More <laughs> Hit us with our next one. Well, obviously Boston. Duh. <clears throat> I but I didn't want to. Yeah. No, I and I I get it because look, we need to discuss Boston here because a lot of people are complaining about what they did, myself included. And and I need to be as clear as I can possibly be regarding this. Boston's got better. It's just a question of could they have gotten even better? Mm-hmm. Like, we knew that they were going to upgrade over the summer. We knew that they were getting at least one of Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Gordon Hayward. The thing was, the worst player of the bunch is Hayward, and he's now also the most expensive. So you're kind of sitting back and going, oh, okay, so you got option C at a much higher price. You also then had to follow up by trading Avery Bradley. You know, I see what they're doing. I see how they're trying to manage their cap. And then you add into the fact that they traded the number one pick. I know it was to get more assets down the road. But, you know, if if Foles become a fully blown superstar and Tatum becomes just a so-so guy, then that's going to hit them hard. So, overall, Boston did well. They improved. They got, you know, a lot closer to Cleveland than they were last season. But I just still am sitting there going, they could have been even better. And that's where the, I guess, complaining part comes in. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean, yeah, better. Right, yeah. You signed Gordon Hayward into cap space, you got better. I mean, lo- losing Avery Bradley is going to hurt. But, you know, getting Marcus Morris, that they basically, Brad Stevens gave a quote the other day where he's like, I don't see five positions anymore. I see three. You're either a ball handler, a wing, or a big. And, right. like... So they're talking about playing, you know, if we're going by conventional positions, they're talking about playing Gordon Hayward at the two. They're saying, like, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can play the two at times, which, uh, I, I mean... Not, not, uh, Brown, yeah, but Tatum, Tatum at the two? I'm. Oh, that's what he's oh, saying. So I don't I know. know how it works. You know, they're saying, like, look, we're building around a 5'9 point guard, so we need to have more size around him. So, like, they have, they have the versatility now to throw out all sorts of crazy lineups, right? Like, they have right. Crowder, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart. All of those guys can play anywhere from... I mean, Smart can play the one as well, but they, they can play all basically play at least two positions. So, versatility-wise, they're going to be really fun. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's positionless basketball. Right. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> the Paul George thing in a little bit when we get to the losers, because I think it's... Pretty safe to say Indiana <laughs> is one of them, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. I, I'm gonna save the fire for that one. So Sarah, hit us with our next winner. Next winner, well, the Sixers, obviously. I admire your your willpower, Brian, and staying away from them. We made it two full trips around, and we haven't mentioned it yet. 
yeah. I'm just glad you took it. I'm glad you took. It. I was I was almost on the verge of just screaming at <laughs> take Philly, take Philly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talked about. We thought that maybe they were going to go for JJ. And it's, like I said, I uh, I think I tweeted you at one point. How does it feel to get everything that you wanted? <laughs> because <laughs> the, the off season kind of worked out exactly to, according to the the grand plans of Brian Tepork. So. Mm-hmm. It, you got J.J. Reddick. Amir is maybe the only questionable thing, but yes. obviously Mark Fultz is, is the number one pick. I like the way the rest of the draft shook out. I mean, they're guys who may or may not come over. I think they have a couple draft and stashes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe become future role players, maybe don't, but I like It's funny. They're both guys that I was looking at for the Spurs because, there again, I was completely wrong and thought that we were going to take bigs in the draft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that didn't happen. But, yeah, right. so uh, Lasore and uh, I think it's Pasechniks. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, well um, done. Thank you. Wow. That was <laughs> toughest part of my day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like both of those guys as uh, as prospects. So just a good off season for them, and I'm excited to see how they look next year. Yeah. Yeah, knock on wood, they'll stay healthy. That would be nice. <laughs> right, right. Mr. LeVar Ball needs to get... <laughs> NBA just needs to score 100 on the Lakers so LeVar Ball <laughs> shuts up forever because they've, they've been in a feud for about a week now. Um, yeah, the Amir Johnson thing, I'll get into that a little bit later too when we talk about Detroit because, you know, that's one. I get why they did it, and I, he's going to be a valuable member of the locker room, good veteran leadership, good defense, uh, but it's now knowing what happened in the ensuing days, it's hard not to think there's a missed opportunity, perhaps, but we'll, we'll get into that when we hit Detroit. Um, OKC, I'm going to say, obvious winner. They stole Paul George. Even if Paul George leaves next year, getting off of Victor Oladipo's contract is a win, because mm-hmm. you know, he's not worth $20 million a year. Uh, Patrick Patterson, three years, sixteen point four million. Getting Andre Roberson at three years, thirty. I think he turned down, what he he turned down more than that as an extension last year. So they got him cheaper than they offered, you know, nine months ago. Um, and Terrence Ferguson, you know, who knows? He it was a good, good flyer that late in the draft. So I I think it's safe to say OKC is substantially improved. Yeah, there's a lot of risk. Like Westbrook and George could both leave. Uh, next year but at that point at least you have a clear timetable to be like all right you know it's kind of the same thing where we were talking about trading uh, the Cavs trading for Paul George where if Paul George and LeBron leave in 2018 it's like all right it, that's what we do we just blow the whole thing up so it's gonna be a, a nerve-inducing summer for OKC and a nerve-inducing year unless Westbrook signs that mega max extension um, but you know I think they are at least more of a threat to the Spurs, the Warriors, the Rockets than they were a year ago. So at least they gave it a shot, right? Like they right, didn't yeah. sit on their hands and wait to see what happened, which is sort of a departure from what they'd been doing. So mm-hmm. I like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, more any other winners? Oh, I know. There's one I know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, well, Minnesota. Let's just <laughs> let me let me have my Minnesota because, Please. yeah. I mean, obviously, they stole Jimmy Butler and the 16th pick for some inexplicable reason, but that's awesome. Um, they signed a guy who I've been talking about for, what, five months now? Yeah. Taj Gibson? Uh, makes so much sense. Jeff Teague is the only sort of meh signing. I would rather have George Hill than I would have had 
Jeff Teague, especially on the same deal. But, you know, like you said on the last episode, Brian, I I think that George Hill was kind of looking at bigger money mm-hmm. when the Jeff Teague contract was signed. So it, it would have made sense if Minnesota reached out and he, they were told, no, no, I'm looking for more. And then they say, oh, okay, and then they went to Teague instead. But given that they signed similar contracts, it, it's a shame that that didn't work out because he would have fit beautifully next to Jimmy Butler in particular. Mm-hmm. So they they look they look deep, and if if they get Jamal Crawford, and there's a rumor going around that Crawford is interested in going to Minnesota, yep. that is going to add some shooting. And then I kind of toyed around with the idea of imagine that they somehow got C.J. Miles as well. Yeah. Somehow. Well, Indiana, they just signed Boyan Bogdanovich, which would imply they don't have intention of bringing back T.J. Miles. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. How the hell? It's been a week. We're a week into free agency. Someone signed T.J. Miles. He's a good basketball player. They're like, some of <laughs> they, the guys, really is. some of the guys that are getting signed right now. It's like, why are you wasting your money on these? Like, why is like <laughs> Sheldon Mack? Or like Langston Galloway. Why did Langston Galloway right. sign on the first day of free agency and CJ Miles is still out there? Or like Dwayne Dedman. What is going on? Someone signed these players. Um, Sarah, do you have any other winners for us? Uh, you know, I, I, I want to make sure you guys are done with your winners because I have one that kind of falls as a good transition from winners to 50-50. Okay. I'll, I'll give... I'll take... Wait. Well, I'll take Charlotte then. Because I think mm-hmm. there's one other one in my clear winner category. Charlotte got better because the rest of the East got worse, right? Like, Charlotte didn't make yep. that many improvements. The Dwight Howard trade was great, I think. I don't think Dwight Howard is done. I don't think he's bad. Like, he's played well. He, uh, <laughs> you know, Schroeder is probably not the best point guard for him. Um, but I think Kemba will be a much better pick-and-roll partner for him. And he will be much more willing to use him in pick-and-rolls. Dwight needs to just like embrace who he is at that this point. Like we, you know, the ship has sailed on you being a low post option. Just be, <laughs> yeah. be a pick and roll rim runner, offensive putbacks, run a transition. That's all you do, and that's cool. Like you got your money. We've been saying that for seven years, right. though. I know, but now he's old enough where I'm hoping, and you know, he's moved what three cities in the last three or four years. Like, yeah, the yeah. writing's on the wall, Dwight. Just embrace who you are, and you can still be dominant. Um, but also having Malik Monk follow them in 11. My God, like mm. what a perfect marriage of fit and talent, right? Like they needed they needed another source of offense aside from Kemba Walker. Like Nick Batum is great all-around player. Um, MKG, great defender. But you really needed like some additional scoring punch and Marco Bellinelli wasn't doing it. Malik Monk is going to be a monster there. So I think Charlotte is pretty clearly a playoff team that speaks to how bad the East is, but, you know, I, I think they made enough improvements to be firmly in that six-seed mix. Agreed. So, Mort, I'm going to guess there's one other team Denver. in the West. There we go. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get Denver out of the way. Paul Millsap, obviously, when you get a Paul Millsap, it doesn't matter where you are. You are a winner in the summer if you get a Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's so damn good. Offensively, defensively, can play make is an is is a is help is a help on the boards I should say, and they got him for yeah three years ninety mil, but the third year is a team option, so essentially a two plus one deal. That's mm-hmm. amazing value. 
I I am completely in love with that signing. Yeah, compare, pairing him with Nikola Jokic, have Jamal Murray and Gary Harris on the on the wings. I mean, they don't even have to play Emmanuel Mudiay. Like you <laughs> right. alluded to in the last episode, that you can play Jamal Murray as a pseudo point guard, mm-hmm. be, and then you can have Jokic and Millsap handle much of the offense. Like I'm, I am digging this. If the, if Denver somehow sheds Kenneth Farid over the part of the summer, I'm just I'm bumping them up a notch again. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm shocked you have them as a winner, even they they traded away your boy Donovan Mitchell. I know <laughs> that was that was like one thing where I'm sitting there going, "Oh, you would have been so great." But, uh, but, but they had so many shooting guards. Yeah, Utah needed something good to happen to them after Hayward left. So I'm, I'm so close to actually putting Utah in our fifty fifty category just because they got Donovan Mitchell. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, who is your transition team? It would be the Clippers. Um, You have them at 50-50, which I think is Mm well-placed. But I feel like they kind of started out losers, and then since then I feel like they've done a good job of rebounding from losing losing Chris Paul or trading Chris Paul. Um, Yeah, they they got back, as you noted, Beverly, Decker, Lou Will, Harrell, I know we talked about the last podcast that I was on. We're worried about their shooting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, obviously they, they don't have a guy like J.J. Redick who's, te- you know, teams' defenses have to be on in watching him constantly. They don't have that anymore, that kind of threat. But, you know, Lou can shoot. Uh, Beverly can shoot it a little bit. Uh, Gallinari has been a decent three-point shooter that they picked up. Um Teodosic, it's funny. Mm. Teodosic and um, and Beverly again are like p- polar opposites of each other. But I feel like if you could put them together in one body, you'd have like the greatest point guard of all time. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I think that's a good balance though that they have there. Um, I'm excited. I, they still have the guys rolling to the rim who can cause all kinds of problems. DJ Montrez, uh, Blake can kind of survey the floor. So. It's rounding out. I, I mm-hmm. like what they've done to kind of bounce back from the CP3 thing. Yeah, they got insane value for a guy who was going to walk in free agency in five days, right? So if mm-hmm. nothing else, that was a great play. Um, yeah, the Gallo signing, as long we more you and I talked about it on Thursday, like as long as they stay healthy, you know, it's not... After CP3 left, it felt like, all right, Clippers are out of the playoff conversation. And now it's like, well, they, you know, they, they could be there. Maybe. There yeah. are 12 teams in the playoff conversation and only eight spots, so that sucks. But, like, yeah. they'd be a clear playoff team in the East, I would say. Oh, absolutely. But that's the East. Like, I <laughs> alone could be a playoff team in the East right now. Right. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. There was, I will say, uh, Kevin Zing of Bleacher Report had a column yesterday that came out about the post CP3 Clippers and it had some pretty damning um, comments from team sources, league executives about Doc's medal as a GM, which is not a surprise, but also Blake as a leader, like as the mm-hmm. face of the franchise. They just aren't. They basically aren't sure if he like wants that role or if he's just kind of content to cruise along and do what he's doing and not really push himself. So. I'm actually pretty interested to see what Blake looks like without CP3. Because I think, mm. you know, we, I mentioned this on previous episodes, but Jonathan Sharks of The Ringer had a really good 
uh, article prior to free agency where he's like, I don't care where Blake signs, but whoever signs him needs to use him as a point guard. So we'll see. You know, Beverly is used to that off ball with Harden, so maybe they do run more offense through Blake and take advantage of his passing ability. And I, I if nothing else, the Clippers will still be fun. You know, they, like it, that's hard to say after you lose a what ten time All Star like Chris Paul, but. They'll, they'll still be an enjoyable watch. So I like. Still, were they fun though? Were they really that fun? <laughs> Back in the early you... part of Doug's <laughs> Lab City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like in the la- over the last three years, did you actively tune in on League Pass whenever they played? Like, did you single them out on the calendar? Because I sure as hell yeah, didn't. That's no, a fair I, point. I went to a Bulls Clippers game. I think either the last year or two years ago. I think it was last year, and it was just, like, one of the most depressing basketball games I've ever watched. Both <laughs> teams were just so crappy. It was just, like, it was not yeah. fun at all. The only reason I enjoyed it, except I was in club seats. But, yeah, that, so, I, yeah, I'm excited to see the Clippers maybe be fun again. Good point, Mort. Yeah. And Teodosic um, alone is going to be worth tuning in for. Oh, yeah. yeah he is. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a good signing, and it pissed Lakers fans off. So I, I like it <laughs> twice as much. And it con- and it confused Clippers fans because when when it was reported, I uh, I was on Twitter. I don't remember who reported it first, but there were a whole bunch of Clippers fans, you know, commented on Twitter and was like, "Who? Who is that? Oh my God, the Clippers signed a nobody." I was like, "You have no idea, y'all." Yeah, right. <laughs> no idea. Right. Um, all right, we talked about Toronto in the last episode, but I'll call them a fifty-fifty. Uh, mm. You know, I, I'm I'm okay with them retaining Surge and Kyle Lowry, especially at the price they did three years, sixty-five for Surge, three years, a hundred for Lowry. Uh, losing Patrick Patterson, and PJ Tucker was inevitable if they brought those guys back because they just aren't going to spend fifty million and above, whatever. It was like two hundred million in terms of roster cost plus taxes. They weren't going to do that for a team that got swept out of the second round. Uh, my boy OG, I think he could be the steal of the draft. It was, I think it was, what, 23? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he, he'll he be a, a good replacement for a P.J. Tucker, assuming he comes back from his uh, ACL tear. Um, what we talked about it last time, though. I The only thing I don't want to see them do is just run it back with the same starting five. So mm-hmm. I want to see some creativity from them. Whether that's starting Surge at the five, moving Norman Powell into the starting lineup, you mentioned Corey Joseph maybe starting alongside Kyle Lowry. There was talk yesterday on Twitter that DeMar DeRozan's going to start shooting three pointers, which would actually change their outlook significantly. So, well, shooting shooting them is one thing. <laughs> yeah, hitting them. making them is another. But he doesn't uh... even shoot them. Yeah, right. Like, how many did he? No, he averaged. I... Let's see. He averaged, like... Less than an attempt per game, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, it, that would change everything if he actually started... Sh- yeah. Or he... Oh, my God. Uh, 1.7 attempts per game. 0. 0.4 oh. three-point makes per game. Wow. He, hit, he attempted th- two? That completely went over my head. He hit 33 threes on the year, and he shot 26% from deep. 26.6%. Yeah. So, yeah. If he starts shooting threes and hitting threes, that's going to change a lot. I mean, yeah, he had the most points on two-pointers as anyone in the league over the last two years. So swap some of those looks out, and who knows? This Raptors team could actually put up a fight against Boston, Washington, Cleveland. But uh, we talked about it again. You know, we don't know what's happening with Cleveland uh, after next year, so I don't blame the Raptors for running it back and keeping this core together. Uh, Mort, another 50-50 team. 
Oh, Miami is one for me mm-hmm. because, look, I like what they did. They retained their core. They got Dion Waiters back. They got James Johnson back. It was sort of good deals. It's just I'm not sure whether those guys are four-year players when it comes to, you know, the contract length. Right. I'm not sure that that's the area you should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Dion had one good year, and even that good year was more like it was more an emotional highlight year <laughs> than it was like a production-wise solid year. He still wasn't a, an effective scorer. He still had a lot of lapses defensively. He's not really a ball handler. I mean, the same issues he had coming into the league are still right there right now, like six years later or how many more years it has been. But So I'm not sure he's a guy that you, you necessarily build around. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, they wanted they wanted to keep those two, and they added Kelly Olenek for, mm-hmm. what, 450? Yep. Four years, yeah, 50 million. That was an overpayment in my eyes because... He does nothing but shoot. Might as well go after Mike Muscala instead. Mm. Who would have come a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel as though they just blew their whole wad on just so-so deals and so-so players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not bad enough to like miss out on the playoffs in the East. So that's why they're in the 50-50 ball. Because they're not losers. I mean, right. these are still good players. It's just... It's nothing overwhelming, you know? Yeah, they pivoted well after missing out on Hayward because, they, you know, that was obviously plan A. So bringing right. the band back together, you know, I agree. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're – I would put them – I feel like Detroit and the Sixers are going to be battling for the AC. And I feel like Miami's in that tier with Charlotte where they'll, like, be somewhere 6th, 7th seed range, you know, barring injury, which is yeah. going to screw something up for some team. Um, but yeah, thankfully, the, yeah, resale value though. Like, yeah. we need to talk about resale value. They, that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can flip these guys. Yeah, James Johnson, maybe not. Four years, sixty million on right. him. That that's, could, that's that could probably. And I, I agree with you. I think that's the thing that's giving me pause about them is the length of the contract. You know, we learned <laughs> last summer. It's not the price; it's the length of the contract that comes back to bite you. You know, if we had Joakim Noah on a two-year, forty million dollar deal. He'd make fun of the Knicks, but he'd be coming off the books this year, or after this year. Mm. But the fact is, he's still on the books for three more years. That's where it comes to bite you. So, you know, James Johnson was a beast last year. He had a great year. You know, arguably could have won sixth man of the year. If he regresses back to his previous career mean, and you have him for $15 million a year for the next four years, uh, that's not as great. So basically, like, Miami retained their core. They're going to be a solid playoff team, but it feels like they don't have the ceiling of a team that is, like, capped out. Because they are, I mean, they're totally capped out. They're, you know, they're <laughs> for, the, for the foreseeable future. Like, they can't really make any big splashes in free agency next summer. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But at least the Knicks, as you talked about, they did not sign anyone to a four-year deal this <laughs> summer. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, oh, wait a minute. They did. We'll get and to the it was another. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's another bad one. We're saving them for the loser section. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, who's another 50-50 team? Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I have to say rest in peace to Grit and Grind. Oh, I know. So it was a really special era of basketball there. Uh, it, it, it's sort of similar to last summer for the Spurs, losing Timmy, not that I'm comparing, 
the players are, you know, obviously the length of time was not as long either, but it does signify, you know, the end of an era there that now they still have some remnants of, but they got to start moving into the future in a different direction. Um, but I like, you know, the signings that they've had since then, and they've been good deals. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys yeah. know I'm not a guru on that stuff, but it's been cheap. It, you know, it's not high risk. You get Ben McLemore, Tyreek Evans. I think, you know, that's as, as well as you can do trying to come back from losing Zebo and Vince Carter. But by the way, my love for Vince Carter knows no bounds. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's only grown as he's been in the league for longer. Like, the older he gets, the more I love him. Which is, yeah. he was one of those guys that you might have thought, oh, he just relies on his athleticism. But clearly, <laughs> he no. doesn't, because he's been able to last. And, you know, you can't do that if, if you're just all about athleticism. He's He knows the game so well, and he's he's become one of those wily vets. Uh, I've I've lusted after him uh, as a backup for Kawhi for like I don't know five years now. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, sad to see him go. Um, but Sacramento gets a good guy, good vet for the locker room too. So I guess yeah. it works out. I I don't remember. I think it was the SB Nation Twitter accounts of the the Kings. They basically like tweeted the other day at the SB Nation account for the Grizzlies, and they're like. Mm-hmm. Thanks for switching teams for it with us this year. We really appreciate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was actually at a, uh, a bluegrass festival here last night uh, with some of my wife's fellow residents, and one of them is from Memphis. So she leans over to me at one point and says, my heart broke this week because Zach Randolph. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and Vince Carter, too. And she's like, wait, what? Vince Carter oh, no. left? What happened? Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I ruined her night. But yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you, Sarah. Those, you know, Tyreek Evans played college ball at Memphis, so they love him there. Um, ben McElmore, again, yeah, cheap value. If he hits, you know, maybe you just never know with Kings prospects, right? Like right. you don't know if they're busts or they just got Kings. You got to so, see what happens when they get out of basketball hell. Yeah, Right, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I like... I like what they did, considering their cap constraints. We still don't know what's going on with Jermichael Green, but the restricted free agent market has not been kind, so it feels like they might be able to get him back at a cheaper price than they were hoping. I mean, his agent basically made it sound like he's not coming back, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I was just looking that up, trying to figure it out, and yeah, Yeah. it seemed like there was a chance he could come back, but then, yeah, I saw rumors that he's reportedly unhappy with how things have gone, so... right. Well, uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Brooklyn. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, well, Brooklyn, I mean, it sounds like the Otto Porter thing's going to get matched. They have, Washington has until 11.59 Saturday, but then they can draw it out, actually. They could take two yeah, more days to do it physical and then two more days for something else. And they, they can really dick around with the Nets, which is great. Like, I am all here for the petty GM wars because <laughs> it sounds like people are really pissed at Sean Marks for wielding his cap space as he does with restricted free agents um who else is a 50 50 i'm gonna we're, we talked about utah earlier i'm going utah like yeah it sucks that they lost gordon hayward obviously that's, mm. that's a blow you're not going to recover from overnight but and george hill and george hill but they replaced george hill with ricky rubio who they stole for what like a lottery protected okc pick um which immediately got worse like hours after they made that trade because okc then traded for Paul George yeah. and made a bunch of smart yep. signings, and now they seem like it'll be in the 20s, probably. 
So, yeah, love the Ricky Rubio trade. Your boy, Donovan Mitchell. Wait, just mm-hmm. take the boy. <laughs> Tell us why Donovan Mitchell is your rookie of the year pick. Wow, do I have, I, I, I have to go through it again? Okay, <laughs> fine. You know, I, I don't mind, honestly. Look, he might be 6'3", but he's got a 6'10 wingspan. He's superbly athletic, strong defender. He improved his shooting and volume from his uh, freshman to uh, sophomore season at Louisville. He's extremely poised out and forth. He's intelligent. His body is, is built and NBA-ready. He just seems like one of those guys who his floor is incredibly high and his ceiling is additionally high. It's not like he has a low ceiling. So when you, when you have a high floor and also a high ceiling, that takes you somewhere good. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen whether he's going to break out in the first year or not. I think he can because you now are left with primarily passers and not a whole lot of scorers in Utah. Mm-hmm. Like you have Ricky Rubio, who's a playmaker. Then you have uh, Rudy Gobert, who's a defender, rebounder, opportunity scorer. He's not a guy who's going to go out and get you 20. So who's left? Rodney Hood? Alec Burks? Yeah, I guess. And and they could put up numbers, but I'm looking at Mitchell because he's just... He is so poised and he's so athletic. He's going to get minutes based on his defense as well. I I have him as my early Rookie of the Year candidate just because of the opportunity that he's going to get. Not saying he's going to be like the best rookie mm-hmm. Markel Fultz is as far as I'm concerned, but given the opportunity and given that Fultz is playing with a whole bunch of guys yeah. who are going to need the ball and score the ball... Uh, this deadline is going to play out for for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, wait, you're not jumping ship on Markel Fultz after two games of summer league, like I've seen a lot of other people on Twitter doing. I, I don't understand. Oh no, no, I I, I decided not to be stupid. Oh so. great, congrats. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sixers Twitter is very on edge right now because I've seen some really terrible takes about like, oh well, Markel well, Fultz is now third on my board. Jason Tatum is going to be a superstar. Like, look at summer oh league. Be honest now. Sixers Twitter is always on yeah. edge about something. <laughs> like, I have we ever had an episode where you have not uttered the words? Well, Sixers Twitter is on edge. Like, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't matter. This is always something. Yeah. I imagine so, them all like with knives in their teeth, just ready to strike <laughs> at any minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they had that when they did the retweet on yeah. <laughs> sure They did. probably had you know painted yeah. their faces and yeah. yeah. Right, the battle cry was out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said. I mean, the guys who I run NBA assets with, we had a spreadsheet that we've been working on for years, just with like all the bad hinky takes that we saw. Like we were, we were preparing for retweet Armageddon before it even became a thing. So we knew at one day. It's so petty that I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, dude. If if someone if if you see enough takes that are that bad about your team. You're just going to immediately be like, well, we got to save this for posterity. All takes exposed needs to see these one day. <laughs> um, all right, I forget. Okay, uh, yeah, so Utah, uh, the only thing, Joe Inglis, that contract would have looked better if Hayward resigned. That, that's, it's fine, yeah. but it's not great. And, uh, but whatever. I, the, that's why they're 50-50, right? Rubio and Mitchell plus, Inglis, meh. Losing Hayward, that sucks. So, what? another 50-50 team. Pelicans, yes. because, you know, they did they did what they set out to do, which was get Drew Holiday back uh, at a pretty steep cost, but, you know, so be it. That was really the only thing they had going for them, and they got it done. 
but that's about it. Like they they really need to do something because they are outside of Davis, Cousins, and Holiday, which admittedly, at least theoretically, is a good trio. They don't have a whole lot. They have to like pray for a comeback season for the ages from Etuan Moore, mm-hmm. and they have to hope that Solomon Hill somehow you know rediscovers what it is to actually play basketball. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> because it's they they really have a an empty roster on so many levels. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys see them? I can't really. I I have them outside the playoffs, looking mm-hmm. in with their like. Yeah. If they reach their potential, they're at at best it's like a seventh or eighth team, you know, or seed. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they ended outside the playoffs. Yeah, Sarah, you're the Western Conference expert. Where do you see them? I don't see them getting in at the moment. <laughs> Might change, yeah. but yeah, no, I I would see them ninth or tenth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it and it's no fault of their own. It's just they were capped out. And a lot of other Western teams got better. OKC is a lot better. Minnesota's a lot better. Denver's a lot better, as we all mentioned. Portland played really well when they got Nurkic. So, with a full season of him, they will be better. It's like, it's just it sucks for the Pelicans. But yeah, I think that's a fair fifty-fifty team because they had to retain Drew. They just didn't have the money to. If they, if he left, they didn't have the money to get a better point guard. But mm. uh, you know the. the Boogie countdown clock is already on because he's a free agent in 2018, and now you're already hearing about teams trying to pry Anthony Davis away. So if Boogie leaves in 2018, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to that team. Um, Sarah, do you have any more 50-50s for us? I sure do, Brian. <laughs> the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, you bastards trying to stick my Spurs in the losers. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, obviously, we're still waiting to see. What happens with Simmons? What happens with uh, Deadman? Hanga, I thought, was a lock to come over, or at least likely that he was going to come over now. It definitely seems like it's more of a wait-and-see, especially with the Rudy Gay signing. Uh, he's probably waiting to see maybe if Manu comes back or not. He's there again. We're also still waiting on uh, Morton. We are still waiting. There's no mm-hmm. certainty. Um, but I like the Rudy Gay signing. <laughs> it literally was having dinner with my grandma so i felt very removed i was like in a retirement village and you know how that is <laughs> you like <laughs> you feel very far away from the whole conversation so it was a surprise and i didn't even think about it that night but um but i like it there again i think it's a pretty good deal i obviously he is coming off injury but if he can even get close to form he can be a good addition for them uh another guy who can get his own shot another guy who can defend a little bit um good length so hey i'm happy he's got to be happy he doesn't have to play against Kawhi anymore so (laughs) (laughs) yeah although i think he sometimes enjoyed it but Kawhi usually got the better of it um yeah i like that signing i like bringing patty back i love the pal opted out to try to help uh the team's flexibility um i i really like Derek white so far uh haven't seen that much of him yet uh just a few games in summer league but but I, I think he's got some good potential. Of course, you knowing the Spurs, you know, we maybe don't see him at all <laughs> at all next year or very limited and back and forth with Austin, but but I like him oh, as a he, as a future He's twenty three though. Yeah. So maybe. So, and he's polished yeah. in that he doesn't seem to get harried or hurried ever. You know, like 
Yeah. A lot of times people run at him and he does the, the, the fake and the dribble. Like, he's very calm about it. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah, I mean, he could he could see some time on the floor. I hope so. I, I mean, they also have to, you know, he's going to get minutes as far as I'm concerned because they have to figure out who's going to take Mano's minutes when he retires. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time. Every yeah. time. <laughs> I... I don't know how much cap space they have right now, but if they have enough, I feel like Contavious Caldwell Pope is the guy they should go after. I don't. Oh, they should just. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a minimum deal. They, Pop should just contact him. Is that do you want to? Do you want to be great? Right. Do you honestly <laughs> want to be great? Then you come here for like a small on a small deal, and I will work my ass off to make you one of the best two way players at the guard position in the entire NBA. That whole herker jerky, one year I'm good from three, one year I'm not, all, all that goes away if you come here, kiddo. Here, yeah. meet Chip Just, England. Yeah. Right, yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I, I feel like exactly. he'd be insulted. That would be like Pop's greatest voodoo magic ever because <laughs> he wants all of the money. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't see that happening. But Right. Well, if they, I mean, there was talk, you know, I, I think it's fair, Sarah, to put them as a 50-50 because I, I also like the... Rudy signing, I like what they did in the draft, you know, they always get their token like, oh, why did this guy fall so far in the Spurs? <laughs> right. uh, but it did seem like they had something bigger in the cards when Powell mm. opted out, when David Lee opted out, and I don't think it was just Rudy Gay. It seemed like it might have been Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I don't think that was the plan. Uh, but Right. So they yeah. pivoted well, but it did seem like whatever plan A was, presumably Chris Paul, the Rockets jumped in front of them and kind of screwed them up with that so it's like it's hard to call this a clear winning offseason for them right. but you know they're still it pop could <laughs> try out the 2014 15 sixers and probably win 50 games so it doesn't matter as long as Kawhi stays healthy is it I, is it time so for the token pivot. spurs spurs fan chant of the summer they were up 20 on the warriors <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in no. game one damn it yeah yeah Oh no, but Zaza just got re-signed, so Kawhi needs to watch his ankles. It's the worst thing that has happened all summer. (laughs) Uh. Uh, All right, who else is a fifty? So I've got two that are like borderline fifty-fifty and losers. Do we want to go there or more? Do you have any other? Yeah, hit us. Okay. Uh, So one, I'm going to say the Lakers because look, they didn't spend any money in free agency so far. They sold D'Angelo Russell for Brook Lopez just to get off of the Mozgov contract. And Lopez is a good player. He's going to make them better next year. He has an expiring contract, though. So they've made it clear that they plan on being very active in free agency next year. They're going to carve out two max contract spots, one for Paul George, one for Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. We don't know. If they don't hit big next year at free agency, like if Paul George doesn't go there and they don't get a second star, they just gave D'Angelo Russell away for nothing. Or, like, the right to overpay Brooke Lopez. So, it's hard to call them a loser, because we just don't know what's going to happen. And, like, you know, maybe maybe this does all work out. But they're on the brink of, like, they need to hit a Grand Slam home run next summer, or this summer is going to look very bad in exchange. Because now, you know... Catavius Caldwell Pope's on the market, and there's talk of him wanting to go to the Lakers, but the Lakers only want to offer him a one-year deal. Like, if they miss out on signing him mm-hmm. because they want to preserve cab space and then they don't get a guy next year, 
uh, it gets dicey. So, where, do, you, do you agree with me on the Lakers? Oh, yeah. I, I was not a big fan of the Russell trade, even though that they got Brook Lopez back, who I agree with, with you is a, is a good player. But they they seem to be all in on the cap space route, and the cap space route is always tricky because there are no guarantees. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a guy who's willing to sign, like, Contavious Caldwell Pope, even though I am not as high on him as a lot of people are, mm-hmm. you you probably got to do it. And at least you can flip him because he will still be young. So if you sign him now, you could flip him next season, probably to a team that would be willing to take him if they're under the cap. Mm-hmm. So you can always make moves later on. The, the the idea of beginning to build something you know a year from now and saying oh we have to do this now so we can be ready for this 12 months from now is the idea i understand but you have to at least remain on some level competitive meanwhile because if you're especially if you're going the cap space route because you don't want to look like a a, a a loser when you're free agent guy comes to a meeting like if you're a team and hey paul george we just won 17 games last season (laughs) so come join us that's not a good look so at the very least look for deals that will make you competitive in the short term and make them flippable Mm -hmm. simply make sure the resale value is through the roof those deals are out there they are to be found so yeah, uh, I'm with you. That's a 50-50 team so far in, in, in free agency. Now, if they're going to get Kentavious Caldwell Pope and if they get him cheaply, mm-hmm. then I could see them as a winner, but that would just still be a, a, on the low end of the winning scale because they still gave up D'Angelo Russell when, when his value was low, and you never, never sell low. Yeah, it sounds... There's got to be more of the Russell story than we don't know. It just sounds like they were out on him personality-wise. Um, if it, if it's the whole Nick Young situation, it's just so wrong to yeah. me. Because, I mean, look, Nick was the one who did something wrong. Okay, we're going into ethicals again, but still. I mean, what what was, you know, Russell was what, 20 when he did it? 19, yeah, 20 19, when he... Jesus Christ. I mean, look, he's so young. Do you give up on a kid because he's a kid? Like, yeah. oh, he's immature. we got to trade him. Well, name me someone in that age who isn't immature. <laughs> right. Give me a break. Yeah. I mean... I wish the he Sixers did that with Jaleel Okafor, who got in like, a street fight and got caught speeding, going 100 miles an hour on the Ben Franklin Bridge as a rookie. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> the other 50-50 slash loser, I'm, I'm really just leading a loser here, though, but I think this might be controversial, is Detroit. So, yeah, they got, you know, flipped Marcus Morris for Avery Bradley in the second round pick, which is great. Um, but that, like... Letting KCP walk for nothing. I know he's asking a lot of money, but, like, you just don't let the talented former lottery picks walk for nothing. Like, either make him get an offer in restricted free agency or make him take the qualifying offer. But, like, just don't rescind his his, uh, his uh, qualifying offer. Like, especially because they had to do it because they signed Langston Galloway to a three-year $21 million deal at first deal yeah. of free agency. Last year they spent, uh, you know, I love Boban, but they spent a lot of money on Boban. They spent a lot of money on John Luer. Like, look at their depth chart, and they're not a good team. So for them to be hard capped and like pushing up against that is very alarming. So yeah, the KCP thing is bad. They took, you know, <laughs> we're going back to Donovan Mitchell, but they took Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell, which already looks like a mistake. So. 
yeah, the you know they the Morris Bradley thing is that's a a good play, and that's why I'm not putting them firmly in the loser. Like they're kind of on that borderline, but I don't know. I, it just really the whole handling of the KCP thing. I would not be excited about that if I was a Pistons fan. And that's what I alluded to earlier when we were talking about the Sixers and the Amir Johnson thing. Like, that's the one opportunity cost that the Sixers missed out on by signing Amir so early. Had they saved, you know, I don't think Amir Johnson's getting a one-year $11 million offer from anyone. So if you wait a week, now KCP's on the market. He's a good young player who would fit well with your core that you can't really afford because otherwise you can't... uh, renegotiate and extend Robert Covington. So uh, that said, I think, you know, once Washington matches uh, the offer sheet... Porter. Yeah, I think Brooklyn should go hard after KCP. If Atlanta Mm -hmm. lets Tim Hardaway Jr. walk, they should go hard after KCP. Like, I mean, the Bulls, (laughs) I know they have basically their only (laughs) position of strength right now as point guard and shooting guard, but... Just any team with that's not it lacks young talent should be going hard after this kid. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. The thing with Detroit though, there's more to it. I feel it's it's more of a when is there going to be a big splash? Mm-hmm. Like they, it seems like for so many years they've just been like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. They got Drummond, who turned out to be good. Remember when Drummond was drafted? There was like a lot of buzz, like oh he might be a huge buzz, right? Like he might not even be good at all. Yeah, questions about then, his motor were the big ones, right? And then right off the bat, he actually proved to be good. Yeah, and it seemed like at at that point in time there was like a change in mindset because then it was oh now we know we have a guy, we need to build around him, we need to develop him correctly, we need to like build the roster around him properly, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't seem like they ever tried that. Now we know. So it's kind of kind of positive that they didn't. Now we know that Drummond is good, but he isn't as good as we thought because he kind of, you know, he stagnated a little bit. Yeah. And he, he didn't become as great a defender as everyone thought he'd be. But still, like, the roster they have right now is just so average. Like, Tobias Harris, I, I, I love the deal mm-hmm. at the time. It was a, you know, it was a good trade. It was a good value. But he still has not stepped up and become this, you know scoring, you know, high scoring slash high rebounding forward. You didn't get a whole bunch from, from Reggie Jackson either. It's just so, it's, it's constantly disappointment in Detroit. Like, or, you know, when they you sign Josh Smith as well. That's just not <laughs> clever. At any and then inside. you waive him and you're paying him $5 million a year through 2020. That is arguably even stupider. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's more to it with Detroit. It's not just what they've done this season. It's yeah. just a whole thing of their last five seasons or five summers have just been meh. It's almost like you shouldn't let your coach be your team president as well. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> Who knew? You're going there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I was talking about this on Twitter with someone yesterday, too. Uh, Carter Rodriguez of Fear the Sword. And it was like, so the, I, well, let's, this is a perfect segue to the Pacers. So Kevin Pritchard was saying, yeah, we could have gotten more for Paul George at the trade deadline, but we were trying to make the playoffs. And it's like, oh no. Why Why are you valuing a playoff spot over getting a return for the guy who's already oh, told you? Oh, he pulled a bloody. Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy told you he's going to leave in at the trade deadline at 16 months. 
So at that point, you should be trying to sell on him immediately where teams are still competitive, still pushing for a playoff spot. And it goes back to ownership, right? So I think uh, Herb Simon, the owner of the Pacers, I think he's in his 80s. Uh, and then I, it made me think, like, who are all of the teams that are, like, poorly run and that make these win-now moves every year? And it's, like, New Orleans, Chicago, uh, mm. Detroit, Orlando. And, well, Detroit, I think their owner is actually not that old. But the other four, all of their owners are in their 70s or their 80s. So, like... I'm starting to think if you have an owner in the, your 80s or seven, even late 70s, you're kind of just screwed because the owner yes. wants to win now. They don't like, have the patience for a five-year rebuild. You know, I, it, I feel bad for Indiana for, you know, having a owner in place that's pushing his GM to think that way. But, like, Indiana, you shouldn't be thinking about the playoffs. Like, it doesn't matter. You're, you're a bad team. You're not going anywhere. Paul George is going to leave in a year. So trade him while you can. Get good value for him. Like, if that Boston offer was real, where they were willing to include that Nets pick, that the 2017 Nets pick, which was clearly at that point, like, there is no way the Nets weren't going to have the worst record in the league. So at worst, that is a top four pick. And then they allegedly also would have included three other first-round picks. Take that offer. Like, why are you going for yeah. the playoffs right now? And now, apparently during their the intro press conference of Oladipo and Sabonis, they pulled a guard pack. They said, <laughs> yep. they said, like, a reporter asked them, why didn't you get any draft picks in return for Paul George? And they're like, well, Victor Oladipo and <laughs> Sabonis were draft picks. Or, like, our draft picks. <laughs> our lottery picks. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oladipo's four years into his career. Like he's, he's 25, he's earning $20 million a year. Right. If he's a draft pick, he's an incredibly old and incredibly expensive draft pick. <laughs> it was an incredibly stupid comment by Pritchard, just as it was a stupid comment from Garpax. And it's so weird that, you know, I, as a, as a basketball fan, I feel disrespected when management teams come out and say stuff like that. Yeah. I feel Pritchett spoke down to the intelligence of the Pacers fans, just as Garpax is a world champion in speaking down to the intelligence of Bulls fans. Right. It is simply inexcusable when you use terms like that because everyone with half a brain can see through you. Yeah. It's it's just it's disgusting, and I I, I I we could make fun of it, but I'm I'm deadly serious right now because I just think that is. That is where the NBA still has a long way to go mm-hmm. in terms of how organizations communicate to fans. I, I, I see so many poorly worded press conferences where it's it's almost like it's a politician sitting there and not a sports manager. Mm-hmm. Sports manager. And it's embarrassing. Don't play the political game. Just say we got what we felt was good value instead and then talk about his strengths, like Oladipo's strengths and weakness. Don't try to paint it as something it isn't. That's just, it's insincere and doesn't help you promote anything with the fans. And while I was talking, it's come out that New York or Atlanta will not match the <laughs> offer sheet for Tim Hardaway Jr. And that is perfect because, Brian, you just mentioned something that I wanted to segue myself into. You were talking about poor ownership. Yes. Now we have an example again of poor ownership because yes. James Dolan had to sign off on this offer sheet. Mm-hmm. So, guys, 
I think the the three of us we we've spoken about. I'm not sure we ever recorded, but the three of us have spoken about how it's kind of great that NBA teams aren't firing coaches to the same extent that they used to. Mm-hmm. That they're now getting a chance to like get their reps in and stay for a whole year, if not more. Right. And that is that is that was the first step. Like if if you're capped out, like then you can't upgrade your roster, but then you can spend money on a great coach. Then you can spend money on a great general manager. So you can actually optimize the certain infrastructure levels of an organization. But here's my biggest problem and my biggest concern. You can't upgrade ownership. Right. That is the last domino to fall if the NBA is going to enter into this best league of all time conversation. And honestly, they're on their way because the NBA right now is fantastic, Mm -hmm. both in terms of income, popularity, fan interest, whatever. If they somehow get bad owners out of their jobs and insert right owners who are passionate about the game, who understands the game, like Mark Cuban, for example, the league will be better off. So when you have guys like James Dolan, who right now, based on this offer sheet with, with Tim Hardaway, is in the process of screwing your franchise over, or you have a, like, you know, Herbert, who is, like, what, 79, 81, who wants to win, even though his roster was shit, that's not helping anybody. Right. Anybody. Like, Jerry Reinstorf, he's afraid. Like, he is extremely afraid of rebuilding because of what happened in 1999. 18 fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. So the last place where you can upgrade something is in ownership and that is because that is obviously extremely difficult because owning something means actually owning something and you can't just give that up, but it's food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the Donald Sterling thing was a one-off outlier, I feel like where yeah, you know he got removed for reasons aside from basketball mismanagement. Even though he should have been removed from basketball mismanagement 15 years prior, um, but yeah, it would be really great for Knicks fans if if they could get rid of James Dolan because you know it was funny like when Phil Jackson got fired, all Knicks fans were like, "Hooray! Like we're we're gonna be a real team again." It's like, well, look who's your who's your owner? Like, yeah. his problems did not start with Phil Jackson. Yeah. He created his own problems. You know he. He like single-handedly ruined Carmelo Anthony, and now you know he's trying to force the Kristaps uh, Porzingis to hate the franchise forever. But like, there were problems with the Knicks long before Phil Jackson and this Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Jr. someone hired Phil. Right, Jackson. Right. So this Tim Hardaway Jr. offer sheet. <laughs> well, oh my God, I can't believe. Uh, of course, Atlanta's not going to match it. It was terrible. It was like structured mm. the same way as Otto Porter's, but Otto Porter deserves the money he's getting. Tim Hardaway Jr. played well last year for Atlanta. But Zach Lowe reported they were going to offer somewhere in the year the neighborhood of like four years, forty-eight million. So New York just overpaid him by twenty-three million dollars. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. it's spectacular. One one point on Indy too, uh, quickly is I mentioned this earlier where and you did too more where it was like you know you wanted Boston to get like Boston improved but they could have improved more. Mm. I don't know if it's their fault. Because I feel like Indiana just blew its load too early on the Paul George trade. And had you waited until Gordon Hayward signed with Boston, Boston now has that much more incentive to trade for Paul George. So Yeah. You've been you've been banging that drum for a while. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. I just like you, you could have forced them into a bad situation. Right. Because they have to salary dump 
one of Bradley, Bradley, Smart, or Crowder anyway. So you can kill two birds with one stone. You can get Crowder back. Mm-hmm. You can get Smart back, maybe. You can get... Like, at that point, would Boston be willing to give up the Lakers-Kings pick that it got from Philly in the Markel Fultz deal? You know, if if they think, like, yeah, Paul George is the missing piece that's going to push us over the top, maybe. Maybe they would. I feel like the offer only would have been better from Boston at that point. So that's another place where I just feel like Indiana really screwed up. And now, you know, this Darren Collison, Boyan Bogdanovich, they're fine. They're, like, not awful contracts, but it's just, like, you should really be embracing the tank. Like, right now, Indiana's on paper is not as awful as it should be. Like, they could probably be, like, the 10 seed in the East. So, like, you're now robbing your chance of getting a primo draft pick after losing Paul George, and it's... Uh, I, I'm so sorry, Indiana fans and New York fans. It just... That sucks. Being 10th in the East means that you could still theoretically be 5th worst in the league. <laughs> yeah, 6th worst, but yes. Yeah, well, the the Western Conference are so strong, like, theoretically, every team could just beat the hell out of that is true that is true yeah uh sarah who do you have another loser for us well first of all that was an epic rant morton <laughs> i feel like we should have had some like applause ovation sound effects here uh yeah but and as you guys have been talking about indiana though it, it's like mark said a few weeks ago and morton reiterated it just seems to point to the fact that some teams don't value draft picks mm-hmm. which is weird but true so but they still should have held out regardless because they could have like you said brian get gotten more players from boston at the very least if you don't want draft picks but anyway yeah another loser obviously chicago and you guys already (laughs) already talked about the uh the jimmy trade so i won't rehash that i'm still mad about jordan bell um yeah there again it was a guy that that i was looking at thinking that's a guy who could potentially help teams try to get closer to defending the Warriors, competing with the Warriors, so by all means, let's sell him to the Warriors. Sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Um, you know, he's a guy that basically you could have replaced Taj Gibson with a younger version on the cheap. He's a ball hawk, he's a rebounder, he, he can block shots. He's excited about defense. Um, probably not. I'm sure Morton probably takes issue. He's not Taj Gibson. Um, with no, the, no, I I, I agree with you entirely. You would like, perfect. He would have looked yeah. good in a Bulls uniform. Is the point, and they mm-hmm. just yeah. got rid of him. So it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, you, there's, you've read there's really nothing to add. Yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. you've spilled your rage about Jordan Bell already. So yeah, I I think Sarah, you summed it up perfectly. The Bulls. I mean. Someone, uh, so Ian Levy, who we had a couple weeks ago, uh, who runs the step back for Fansided, uh, sent a tweet the other day, and it was like, who would you, which core would you rather build around? Oladipo's the bonus, the return for what they got for Jimmy Butler, and then, who was the other one? I don't even remember the third one. Oh, oh, what they got, what the Clippers got for uh, Chris Paul. Oh, Paul. Yeah. And it's like, when you frame it like that, I probably would take... Dunn, Levine, and Marketing over those other two, just because like the mystery box factor basically. Like we don't know, Marketing could be good. Dunn, maybe he was, maybe just Tibbs was a bad fit for him, and maybe he'll thrive in Hoyball, and maybe Zach Levine retains his athleticism after the ACL tear. So at least it's like we don't know what we have in them. Whereas like Oladipo, we have a pretty decent idea, and then the Clippers thing, it's like all those guys are a little bit older. Um, so, like, the Bulls, 
they could still back their way into being having a good fun young core but it just feels like they had a chance to get more and again mm-hmm. it had you know had chicago waited two weeks and boston gets gordon hayward mm-hmm. it, you know is chicago or have they just not included 16 right I mean- Look, yeah. were Minnesota ever going to back away if they weren't getting the 16? Let's be honest. Right. Like, let's just imagine the conversation here. So, tips. Uh, we're we're we want to send you Jimmy Butler, and you. I know you asked for 16th, but that's not going to happen. You know, Jimmy is an All NBA player, a top 10 player. Are you really going to you know say no to that just because you want 16? Yup. Yeah. Could you imagine that conversation going down? Because I sure as fuck cannot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, and Tibbs just has so much experience with guard packs, he's probably like, I know I could rip these idiots off. So Yeah, well, he knows that they don't value draft picks, yeah. obviously. Look, this is the same guy who also begged them to draft Draymond Green, mm-hmm. and then they took Marcus T just because John Calipari got in guard Foreman's ear. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. Bulls. So well, I'm with the Bulls. No, well, actually, that was more of a compliment to to Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, right. Because he understands like the value of of what a kid can bring. Right, a versatile so, defender. I mean, hey, look, I mean, I'm sure that he would probably asking for thirty eighth, thirty eighth as well, <laughs> so he could get Jordan Bell. Why right. not? I mean, wouldn't surprise me one damn bit. Yeah. So. Um, Minnesota, man. I'm glad that they we have them as a winner. They did so good. Yeah. So good. I'm so impressed at what they did. Yeah. Unbelievable something. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to take Cleveland as another clear loser. Uh, yeah, Jeff Green, you know, one year, $2.3 million. That's fine. Like, I was looking. He's, like, one of their only role players who, I mean, he's 30 right now, but he's, like, one of their youngest role players off the bench. <laughs> Which, That's so sad. Right, which does not say glowing things about Cleveland. Uh, you know, they signed Jose Calderon, who's just a corpse. Like, I don't understand the point, but whatever. I guess they needed another corpse to replace Darren Williams. But the, the thing that, like, nothing they did in terms of signings, they were capped out already. They couldn't really make massive roster improvements. There's talk that they might. Jamal Crawford wants to play for them if he, if they give him their full mid-level exception, which they should not do under any circumstance, but they probably will because they love old guards. You can only shoot and not play defense. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, the Dave Griffin thing, it's just such a debacle. And, you know, that now there's a report that came out that they lowballed Chauncey Billups to replace him, who was, like, the guy that, you know... Right when Griffin got fired, it immediately came out, we're targeting Chauncey Billups. He's the guy that Dan Gilbert wants. If you want him that much, I know he doesn't have experience, but like he's mentioned a lot with other jobs. He seems like he's going to be an up-and-comer. Just pay the man. Or, better yet, don't fire Dave Griffin if you don't have a replacement lined up already. What the hell are you doing? Dave Griffin's a really good GM. Like He's turned something out of nothing for the last three years. So, oh my god, it's just like... I, I I really hope, like, LeBron, we could all agree, is going to leave next year, right? Yep. Houston. I, I don't care where he goes. He can go to the Spurs, he can go to Houston, he can go to the Sixers, for all I care. Uh, all I want... Oh, you'd care <laughs> yeah. if he went to the Sixers. Right. Stop. You like how I try to slip that in? All I want, though, <laughs> is his Players' Tribune letter, I want him to write it in Comic Sans. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> 
why I'm leaving, well, and it's just a giant middle finger with Dan Gilbert's face on it. That's all I want. Because <laughs> it's like, it's just spectacular that this guy, you know, LeBron James, he's got like one of the best players of all time, born near him, lucks into him at the 2003 draft, screws up building a roster around him the first time he leaves, writes this ridiculous hate screed. He comes back four years later, wins your first championship ever, and now he's going to leave again because you're such an idiot that you mismanaged this franchise in four years. Like, how do you screw it up twice with LeBron? It's incredible. Do you want to make? Do you want to hear me make it worse? Yeah, please. Okay, so if Chauncey Billups decided he wasn't done playing oh and he signed on with a team for the minimum contract, yeah. that would he would still be earning more than the proposed contract <laughs> offer that Gilbert offered him. You're right. Oh, my God. For being a general manager. Oh, my God. You're so right. Yeah. When someone turns you down for a GM job because they're playing in the big three, that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's really... And, like, ESPN reportedly gave him a raise to help convince him to stay. Like, oh, my God. I just... I, I'm sorry, Cavs fans, because, like... You guys are very loyal. My mom's family is from Cleveland. I like a lot growing up. You know, my whole that side of the family is rooted for Cleveland forever. So like I know you guys are loyal fans and you don't deserve this. But like Dan Gilbert is such an asshole that I hope nothing but the worst happens to him. Like I'm so excited for that Kyle Korver signing to look terrible when LeBron leaves. It's gonna be mm-hmm. great. And like I'm happy, frankly, that LeBron has convinced Dan Gilbert to, like, give all of his buddies a bunch of money. Like, four years, $57 million for J.R. Smith. I, what, like, five years, $80 million for Tristan Thompson. That's great. Like, bleed that dude dry. So when he <laughs> leaves, it's going to be even funnier. So that's Cleveland. I just, I mean, they might be the biggest loser of the offseason. And we'll Knicks, I guess. Always the Knicks. But <laughs> Cleveland might be second biggest. But more. do you have any other big losers? Can I just pick the Pacers again? <laughs> yes. I think they deserve it. It's just so bad. Yeah. Just just the whole direction. and Oh. I, I'm not sure we've... Uh, have we gone over every team? Uh, I feel of no, course, we the, had the a Knicks, bunch in I our to-be-determined. Yeah. And That's right. I would throw Atlanta in the loser pile as well. Just because oh, yeah, yeah. losing Millsap for nothing sucks. I mean, it, it was the... I don't know if it's the right play. At three years, $90 million, I feel like you almost just bring them back and tread water a little more and try to flip them later. But, you know, they, they lost Al Horford for nothing last summer. If they were going to... It's like the same thing with the Pacers. Like, if you were going to let Millsap walk for nothing, trade him at the trade deadline. Like, don't let him walk for nothing. That's Get something in return for it. Like, you've lost the core of your 61 team from a few years ago, and you've gotten very little to show for it. Um... But, you know, I, absorbing Jamal Crawford's contract for a late round, first round pick was okay. Um, and on the bright side, they're going to suck a lot. They, they've they embraced the tank, unlike Indiana. So they'll at least get. Yeah, you know, I don't see a way that they don't get a top five pick. They're going to be very bad next year. Yeah. Um, Luka Doncic as a Pacer next year. Why not? Yeah. Well, no, he's not going to be a Pacer because the Pacers are actually trying. Oh, well, they might be trying, but they're so bad. Ah. Look at that! Look, look at that roster. But like, so I like I went over I, when I was writing about Bojan last night. I was like going over their starting five. Like, 
they have a mediocre starting five, but it's like, in theory, it is Darren Collison, Victor Oladipo, Bogdanovich, Thad Young, Miles Turner. Like, that's not bad enough. Yeah, and, and in the East. Right. Like, is that yeah, okay. is that worse than, like, what is Atlanta's right now? Schroeder, not Hardaway Jr. because he's gone, so Schroeder. Yeah, not, hard, not Hardaway Jr. <laughs> Schroeder, Bazemore. They're probably glad about that. Torian yeah, no. Prince. No, I, and then, like, what is their front? John player? Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're gonna suck. Yeah, that's right. They probably are. Which is smart. Like if you're if you lose your franchise player, embrace yeah. the tank for a year. You know you're gonna suck. That's cool. Mm. Like that's why more. I'm I'm cool with you picking Indiana again because like we should talk about it. They 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 their direction post Paul George is baffling. Like they need to just pick yeah. one. If you're gonna lose Paul George and you're gonna trade him for peanuts, embrace that you're gonna suck. Like. That's cool. You need a third star. If you think Victor Oladipo is going to be a star, and Miles Turner is going to be a star, you need a third one. It's what Orlando did under the you know DeVos, yeah, DeVos family, mm-hmm. because yeah, they wanted to win immediately, and then the whole Dwight Howard wanting out thing happened, yep. and they still tried to stay competitive. And good lord, yeah. Oh man, in retrospect, did did Dwight Howard fetch the best return of any superstar in the last five years? Hey, look, back in the day when it happened, everyone was so upset about the return. I was actually okay with yeah. it because, simply because of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it, 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 they had a lot of chips. They just, you know, fucked it all up <laughs> right. over a course of two years. So they got Yeah, they got, like, Vucevic, uh, yeah. Harkless. They got a pick from the Sixers that they would later trade back to the Sixers for Alfred Payton. I know they yeah. got they got like a couple random role players. I think they flipped a piece they got from that to get Evan Fournier. Huh, that that's a fun mm. thought experiment for the doldrums of the off season. <laughs> um, Sarah, do you have any other major losers? Mm. I don't know about major losers. Um, we probably could go ahead and throw Orlando in there just because. Um, <laughs> Not hopeful or optimistic that they're going to do anything great. <laughs> right. uh, Portland, you kind of have to grade on a curve because you know, they screwed themselves last summer, so this summer is going to be tough. But, uh, yeah, I think Dallas, it, it depends. We don't know what's going on with Noel yet, do we? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, kind of in wait-and-see mode on that. But I think they, you know, their draft pick was good. So yeah. uh, they're bringing Dirk back. Yep. So. On the cheap. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they could be winners, at least small time. Yeah. Yeah, we have to see what happens with Nerlens. Yeah, I, I have, in the TBD section, is mm-hmm. I have Milwaukee, Portland, Orlando, Washington, Phoenix, and Dallas. Dallas mostly because we just don't know what's going to happen with Nerlens. Washington, we assume they're going to match Otto, so that's like, I'd, we'll just call them 50-50. Phoenix just hasn't really done anything, and then Milwaukee, Portland. Orlando also well, haven't really done anything. You know what? Then I'm actually going to throw Phoenix into the winner pile because they decided mm, that they could not get anyone, so they were going to go the we will take on bad contracts for an asset route. So far, they have not done any trades, but they've made the market know that we're willing to take on your bad deals. Right. That's at least a, a, a step in the right direction. That's true. So just, be, just because of the self-awareness that they showed there, <laughs> yeah. that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. And Josh Jackson's going to be a great fit on that team. Yeah, he is. Him slip to Number four. 99. Have, 
That's that's a fun number to start your career if with. He's number, number 99. 99. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. Yes, he is. Oh, uh, yeah. Phoenix, like, Phoenix is, has a sneaky, fun, young court with Booker, Jackson, Bender, Marquise Chris, TJ Warren. Eric Bledsoe's not mm. that young, but he's still like kind of young. Alan Williams, we don't know what's happening with him. Uh, at, or Alex yeah. Lynn. So, right, a lot of these teams that are TBD, mostly because we just don't know what's going to happen, or they just haven't. Like Milwaukee and Portland just can't really make that many moves because uh, of their cap restraints. Um, all right, guys, this was good. So next time I think uh, <laughs> we could start firing off some hot summer league takes. Uh, until then, <laughs> just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter, at the NBA pod in our bio you can find all of our Twitter handles so give us a follow as well you can also find us on iTunes so please subscribe download we would love some reviews uh, and then you can find us this year on FanRag Sports so follow them on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA until next time I'm Brian Taporic and I was joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea have a good one you two you too, Brian. You too, Brian. I look forward to talking you to you next week when Manu has retired. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Catch I'm never talking later. to y'all again. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll need a third new co-host. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & more. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. hi oh This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.